I'm Kim and I'm B and welcome back to Killer Reality. It's True Crime Wednesday. Yay. Yay. What's new? Oh, uh, since I saw you yesterday, not a whole lot. <laughs> yes, we actually had dinner together yesterday. We did. We saw each other and we're actually going to see each other again like in a few weeks. This is a rare occurrence even though we're not that far away from each other somebody always has something going on. And I'm telling you right now that somebody's not me because I'm always bored. (laughs) Um, Well, yes, we did have a lovely dinner and then um, we went shopping (laughs) and I got home today and I put on the pants that I bought Mm -hmm. my lovely, lovely. Can I just say they're absolutely wonderful sweatpants um and remember they better be for as much as they were (laughs) remember how the alarm thing went off when we were leaving yes was there a tag on them yeah i told her there were two she goes oh no i got it no there was one in my pocket oh so what now you have to take it someplace no i went downstairs and i looked at my man and i said help me (laughs) Nice. And, and he, he got it off with any... Okay, that oh, sounds wrong. Okay. He, he <laughs> fixed it without any issues. Yep, and I even had the pants on while we did it. <laughs> nice. Um, he got his tools out, and we went to town and didn't rip the pants and didn't hurt ourselves, so... Well, that's good. That's always a bonus. Yeah. So, I have another PSA that I would like to tell anybody, everybody, that doesn't have anything to do with true crime. Okay. But I do want to talk about colon cancer testing. You know, that's funny you bring that up. Just because there was a commercial that came on TV. I don't know if it's because I've never paid attention or it's the first time I saw it. But it was a Colaguard commercial. And I thought about our conversation yesterday and I almost died laughing to myself. Yeah, well, we're going to talk about it again because it's an experience. Um But I also, guys, colon cancer is a silent killer. It is. My grandma had it, unfortunately, and she passed away colon cancer. Yeah. And if you don't catch it by the time symptoms come about, Mm -hmm. it could be a bad news. Now, I do know a couple people that have caught it and have battled it and are good. Um, So I am at that lovely age where I have to get tested for everything. Everything. And, um, this is the last thing. And so my doctor put in a referral for me to go get the old, uh, stick in the bum, (laughs) the camera, the old pole. No. Okay. We won't call it a pole. Um, and I was like, uh, so a couple of years ago I had ordered Cologuard and I never did it because when I opened the box and I read the instructions, I folded them back up, put them in the box and put the box under my sink. It's a good place for it. And I was like, I'm not pooping in a bucket. I'm just kind of don't blame you. 
not pooping in a bucket. So anyway, because this came up again, I told myself, self, stop being a puss and just get it done. Right. So I ordered Cologuard again and it came in the mail. And this past Saturday, I whipped out the instructions and I'm like, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this thing. And you have to put a bracket on your toilet. You put the seat (laughs) down and in the bracket goes a bucket, y'all. It's a whole process. It's a bucket. And you poop in the bucket. And then it tells you to stand up when you're done pooping (laughs) in said bucket, Mm -hmm. remove the bracket in the bucket, and then sit back down and finish whatever you need to do. Okay. Okay. So that was done. So then following the instructions further, it says you need to take this little test tube and you need to scrape the surface of your poo. And oh then, my god. Uh-huh. Put it in this little test tube, but I'm like, <sighs> fine. So I did it. And I'm in healthcare. I've seen some shit. <laughs> Literally. I've seen, I've seen some stuff. And I'm like, oh God. I just okay, fine. So I did it. And then you have to add this liquid. And the instructions are specific that you do not drink the liquid. Well, that's good. I mean, uh-huh. it wouldn't come to my mind, but I mm-hmm. guess some out there need that warning. Well, obviously the instructions were in there for a reason. So uh, you pour this liquid into the bucket and then you put the lid on the bucket and you zip everything up and then you tape your box up. And so you have to go take it to UPS, right? So our UPS is in a safe way. (laughs) So we pull into the parking lot and my funny man who thinks he's a comedian I'm holding on to the box thinking how I'm going to shield the symbol so everybody doesn't know it's my poop, right? We pull up. This man undoes my seatbelt and says, get your shit and get out of the car. (laughs) (laughs) Clever one, sir. Clever. He's still laughing today. That He's like, you know, that joke really did write itself. (laughs) I'm like, okay. So anyway, needless to say, my poop has arrived in Wisconsin and is being tested. Well, that's good. So we shall see. And you guys, you can do it. And then I guess the results are good for five years. And if you yeah, get something like that, stick in the ass, it's 10. So yeah, so we'll see. I'm hoping for negative results. So I don't have to get said stick in the ass. It'll be negative. But like Kim said, people let this be your PSA, get your colon tested when you're supposed to. And not be late and not be scared and not fold things up and put it away. So, yeah, yeah, because I'll be devastated if (laughs) I could have caught something two years ago. Yeah, of course. And just with that, I want to uh, say with Kim's little PSA there, I want to honor my grandma that passed away from colon cancer. So, hey. Yes. For grandma. Let's do it for grandma. That's right. For grandma. Let's do it for grandma. Okay. So let's get this shit on the road. Speaking of shit. <laughs> um, so true crime Wednesday, I guess where we're going. And I, I, I did in all fairness, tell her yesterday. She did. And I know it's London. However, mm-hmm. I did mm-hmm. not read anything else about it. So okay. I will still be surprised and wondering what the hell. Mm-hmm. So, The killer we're going to talk about, his name is Jack, 
and you're saying, hmm, Jack in London. I bet she's going to talk about Jack the Ripper. Wrong. Wrong. We're going to talk about Jack the Stripper. Sexy. <laughs> yes, guys. Jack the Stripper. There was one. It is real. And so I saw it and I'm like, I must talk about this. So again, not a super long story. We won't take up too much of your time, but uh, you probably haven't heard the story. So here you go. I'm here to serve. It's what I do. <laughs> she does it well. I, I do it well, kind of. All right. So during 1964 and 1965, there were a series of murders in West London. Six prostitutes were found naked or partially naked near the river Thames. Why do you say it like that? <laughs> because a lot of people say Thames and it's not. Oh, so you were just being stern in your statement. I don't know what I was being. I was being something. Maybe a bitch. Who knows? But due to the fact that the women were all found nude, the murderer generated the nickname of Jack the Stripper. So two previous murders that occurred in 1959 and 1963 have also been attributed to our friend Jack. So the case launched one of the biggest manhunts in Scotland Yard's history with over 7,000 suspects being interviewed. Good Lord. 7,000. Who has that kind of time? I'm going to say that's a lot of work. 7,000. Unless it's like a, hey, what's up? Okay, bye. <laughs> and guess what? All the evidence in the case has been lost or destroyed. Oh, isn't that magical? How does that happen? Uh-huh. Yeah. Because in the 60s, we didn't give two shits about preserving evidence. I guess. Yeah. So our first victim, Elizabeth Fig, she's 21. She was found dead in the early morning on June 17th, 1959. Police found her with her dress torn her breasts exposed, her underwear and shoes missing, and no personal items were found near her, including identification. She had strangulation marks around her neck, and the postmortem revealed between uh, 12 and 2 a.m. Uh, she was killed. Because she had no ID, her postmortem picture was distributed in the news, and she was actually recognized by her roommate and her mother. Oh, no, that's an awful way to find out something like that. I mean, anyways, awful, but that's terrible. Right. So across the street from where Elizabeth's body was found, a pub owner stated that on the night of the murder, he and his wife noted headlights in the area. Uh, the car actually parked and the headlights were turned off. And then they heard a warm woman scream around 12.05 a.m. But well, did anyone go on about our business? Yep. No one rushed to help or call the police or do anything. We just kind of let it go. Upstanding so, citizens. Mm -hmm. Our next victim, Gwyneth Rees, age 22, was found on November 8th, 1963. She was actually found in a refuse area along uh, the river, not far from where Elizabeth's body was found in 1959. She was found completely nude except for a stocking on her left ankle. And Gwyneth had accidentally been decapitated by a shovel as the refuse workers were leveling the trash. Oh, my. Yeah. Pretty rough, huh? Yeah. So then our next victim, Hannah Telford, 33, was found on February 2nd, 1964, on the shore below a sailing club. She was found strangled and her underwear was shoved into her mouth. 
Well, it just keeps getting nastier and nastier. Yeah. She was also missing several teeth. Her cause of death was actually rolled to drowning. Uh, then we have Irene Lockwood, 25. She was found April 8th, 1964, not far from where uh, Telford was found. Her cause of death was also drowning. And it was determined she was pregnant. Oh, no. Mm -hmm. Then we have Helen Bartholomew. She's 22. She was strangled. Her body was found April 24th, 1964 in an alley. Her body exposed the first real piece of evidence, flecks of paint, and specifically paint on used cars. Hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. So Mary Fleming, uh, age 30, was found July 14th of 1964, and she also had the same paint flecks as Helen had, and neighbors also reported a car reversing down the street shortly before the body was found. Then we have Frances Brown, age 21. She was strangled to death and found November 25th. Uh, she had been missing for over a month and Frances had testified. Now this is where it gets really crazy. So Frances testified as a defense witness in the trial of Stephen Ward. And Stephen Ward was a central figure in the 1963 uh, Profumo affair. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. And that was a big political scandal, which brought about the resignation of the Secretary of State of War, John Profumo. Uh, Profumo had an affair with a 19-year-old model named Christine Keeler. He denied the affair to the House of Commons, and police proved that to be a lie. So Keeler was also believed to be uh, shagging a Russian naval attache, and of course, the humanity that she's screwing a person from Russia, right? Right. And of course, people lost their ever loving minds. So Keeler knew that uh, these two men through her friendship with Stephen Ward. So Ward ultimately was charged with living off of earnings from Keeler and a few other prostitutes and also procuring women under 21 to have sex with people. Hmm. So there's a whole big thing on the internet about this Profumo affair and how deep it actually ran. But again, this victim was actually connected to this case, which is weird. It is I guess. pretty weird. Yeah. So Bridget O'Hara, age 27, was found February 16th, 1965. And she had also been missing over a month. And she died from, sorry, I can't even talk today, asphyxiation. <laughs> and mm -hmm. her body also had flecks of paint. Okay, it. we have a trend going here. Mm -hmm. So none of the bodies actually showed signs of a struggle and all the ladies were somewhat small or petite. So as stated before, over 7,000 suspects were interviewed and every officer, cadet, female officer, uh, spent months gumshoeing it around London trying to put the pieces together, and they never found one viable suspect. Jeez, seriously, not one. Like, well, none that even, like, like come on. Maybe not one. even one. Maybe one. Maybe one. So the paint flax found on the bodies were helpful. Despite there being very little evidence, there were patterns. And we all know serial killers have patterns. They love their patterns. 
we as humans love a pattern, right? Mm -hmm. So the women were all likely strangled with their own clothing and some were punched, but that wasn't enough evidence narrowing anyone specific down, right? So then the paint flecks, uh, though, were a whole nother story. It was determined that the flecks were consistent with an auto body repair shop. And the investigator surmised that the killer worked at said auto body repair shop. Now, which auto body repair shop are we going to look at? Who knows? Right. So a tip came in from a guy that was painting a building. And he said on July 14th, 1964 at 2.30 a.m., he and his painting buddy saw a gray van in the building's parking lot. They called out to the driver and the van drove off. A few hours later, close by, Mary Fleming's body was found. So they suspect that that gray van had something to do with it. So the police started the search for the gray van, but never found anything. Uh, the thought today is Scotland Yard's search was way too broad, like they cast their net far too wide and wasted a lot of time instead of narrowing it down to a certain area. Sure. So they, they should have profiled the area much like a profile is built for an unknown killer. So they should have built a profile for the area. Um, it's felt today that if they had done this, they might've narrowed down the area and focused on a guy by the name of Harold Jones. Uh, Harold had already been to prison for the murders of two young girls. He was 15 at the time. And he was released from prison due to World War II. He was to be placed in the army. So that alone wouldn't make Jones a suspect. However, his occupation was an auto body mechanic. Oh, interesting. Mm -hmm. He also had access to the industrial areas where the bodies were found. Um, but guess what? He didn't have a van. Nope. He died of cancer in 1971. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. And he has one child that DNA could be obtained from, but there's literally no evidence to compare it to because it was all lost. What a time in the 60s. It's like nobody cared about anything or preserving anything. You could almost get away with anything back then. And a lot of people did. Yeah. And it seems like some of the older cases that we've talked about, it's the same kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So Jones was actually off the radar during the years the killings took place. Like nobody was aware of him or actually knew where he lived. And it could be that he was the killer and living under a different name in the area. True. So there were other suspects. However, none came to fruition. One man named Kenneth Archibald actually confessed to the murders, but then he recanted. And there was literally not one shred of evidence to actually tie him to anything like, you know, Harold worked in an auto body shop. He already killed two people. He would be a likely person. This sure. guy, nothing. A cop actually was looked at. He was put in prison for robbing area homes and no evidence could be tied to him either. And then a man named Mungo, Mungo <laughs> Ireland was on the radar. Ireland was a security guard and the paint flex found on one of the bodies was traced to the Heron trading estate where he worked. But once that connection was made, Ireland actually committed suicide. Oh, and the plot thickens. Mm -hmm. By carbon monoxide poisoning. It was later shown that Ireland was actually in Scotland during one of the murders they were trying to tie him to so he could not be the killer. 
Um, the killings uh, did stop after his death, however. Um, it is thought that Ireland's suicide was because he had to appear to appear in court for a hit and run accident and not because of any of the killings going on. Okay. Yep. So guess what, guys? This case has never been solved. So any of you sleuths out there, look it up, solve mm -hmm. it, figure it out. But all roads do lead back to Harold Jones. But again, he's been dead since... 1971 which was a long fucking time ago <laughs> and um yeah and they can't prove it so and just to let you know if you were curious about jack the ripper jack was ripping shit up in 1888 in london so that's how far apart these were what 75 years something like that yeah not not too too long and how clever of them jack the ripper was killing prostitutes and then jack the stripper was killing prostitutes that is kind of clever it's super clever so there you go there's your very quick true crime wednesday gave you a couple of things to go look at one is the profumo affair um and then the other one is looking into Jack the Stripper, which literally that's all the information there was on this. Uh, I scoured the internet for other articles and it all said the same thing. Hmm. And just a reminder, she also shared the PSA about getting screened for colon cancer. Don't forget if you, again, are at that age or you're at risk. Mm -hmm. Hi, you guys, we just give you all kinds of cool stuff. Talk about poop stories give you PSAs, talk about mm -hmm. murder. We mm -hmm. are all over the place. Oh, an update on my hair. It looks so, amazing. We know my journey into the gray land. And then I went and got my hair completely bleached to get all the brown out of it. And then I went back for highlights and lowlights and blending. And I like it. I dig it. Same. I love it. Dig it. Um, so you guys know the drill. You must give us all the stars, all the likes. You must never say anything negative about us. <laughs> <laughs> Please. And thank you. And definitely do the cola guard thing. It's very easy. It seems very intimidating. Um, but I've inspired two people now with my journey to go get their buckets and poop in said buckets. I think you've even inspired me a little bit. I mean, I still got a while until I'm at that age. However, excuse me, since it runs in the excuse family, me, ma'am, it's a good idea, ma'am. I'm just saying, I got a you, little ways to go. You can start doing it at 40. You uh -huh. can shut your whore mouth right now. Mm -hmm. And but anyways, you have a family history. Exactly. Uh huh. So uh, you need to look into it, my love. I shall. And poop in a bucket. Be like Bye. me. Poop in a bucket. <laughs> <laughs> all right, you guys. Do okay. the stuff. Do all the things and have a fantastic day. Yes, and we'll talk soon. Bye. Bye.